Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your hunk. I'm Doge, and my boots use the force of gravity, redirecting it into differential equation chunks that you can surf. Oh my gosh. And I'm Carter, and you are royalty now. I'm a chunk. You don't understand what that means, but I have more in common with a dog than I have with you. I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. Yep. Hey there, hunky boy, quotes. Jordan. That is a line from this movie. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. How, how you doing, dude? I'm good, man. How are Why you? Why you honky? What you honking about? Um, over uh, the listen weekend. Listen to me. Stop what you're doing. I swear on this podcast, on the original template files stored on my computer, you see me touching my screen right now. I swear on everything that makes this podcast listenable. If this is another sandwich situation... I'm going to hang up the call right now. <laughs> well, I have good and bad news for you. I did make a sandwich yesterday, but that's not why I'm the hunk. Can you tell me about it for maybe one or three hours? Graphic no, detail. No. Absolutely. <laughs> the bread. Oh, let me start with the bread. No, I am the hunk because over this weekend, Callie and I played and beat Ocarina of Time in three total sittings. Nice. Wow. And uh, it oh. felt real good. So you started right after we last recorded, and then here you are again. Like, this has been it. You would Pretty say much, that our actually. recordings are the bread to your Ocarina of Time sandwich. Yeah, and Ocarina of Time is, or Ocarina, or Ocarnia, as a friend of mine as a child called mm. it. Uh, <laughs> it is the meat. It is the meat. And and what um, you're going to want to do is you're going to take Link's fun adventure there, and you're going to want to twist it into little pinafores so that the pickle juice has a place to live, probably, yeah, right? The pickle juice. Gonna say? <laughs> well, it's the pickle juice, and it's the air. The air traps the And flavor. you're going to ruin this sandwich by putting chips on it, right? That's what you were going to say, right? It sounded like I, you said ruin this sandwich, which is weird. I know you meant make it better. I actually love a good chip sandwich myself. But that's yeah. good for a five-year-old, not an adult. No, wrong. Okay. You are wrong. Well, so is you pooping, very Doge. I don't think you stopped that. <laughs> I've eaten so many sandwiches that it's sort of just a, a real downtown traffic at rush hour situation. Um, quick hot take. I think the narrative of Ocarina of Time is better than the movie we're reviewing today. You said that's a hot take? Hot take. That is, 
That is perhaps the most room temperature <laughs> take I have ever heard. Well, that take is is freezing cold. That's easy. Speaking of, we are reviewing a movie today, and that movie is known as Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Ascending. Yeah. It's the first movie in our series Blockbusted, an exploration of the worst. Now, is that the tagline? Did we land on that? No, we didn't. I just sort of spitballed it there. Tell me how tell me how it feels. Okay, oh, now, excellent. Now, I love the live, feedback. Like no, feedback it's great. Now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just kidding. Yeah. You know, it's not good feedback if he didn't want it to be live. <laughs> can we talk uh, can we talk can we talk after maybe? Hey, can are we you talk busy? Can I grab you for just a second, dude, about something you just said? I do come over to the fridge. Look, I'll put it horrible right here. you just said. <laughs> now, um Normally, we we ask for Doge to give a synopsis here. We're going to do that again, but I want to express there is no universe where this is going to be helpful to us. Doge, <laughs> a synopsis, please. I thought, so this is going to be an overwhelmingly negative episode. <laughs> Speak for yourself. So I thought I, I might- Jupiter head. I thought I might start us off uh, by reading- by reading a 10-star review. Come on. Okay. Yes. By Rogers Entertainment, August 9th, 2015. Like Rogers f- Entertainment like writes, company. Outstanding sci-fi movie. Oh. This movie is perfect in every way. It has top dollar special effects. It is filled with nonstop excitement. The music <laughs> score is fantastic. Then there is that brilliant cast who we could watch all day, every day of the year. It is well worth full price at the box office and should be part of everyone's collector's edition DVD series. Wow. Is there a collector's edition? There's no way there's a collector's edition of Jupiter Ascending. No. <laughs> this synopsis of Jupiter Ascending was be. written by Production, which is capitalized as if it's someone's name. Production <laughs> writes... Jupiter Jones was born under a night sky with signs predicting that she was destined for great things. Now grown, Jupiter dreams of the stars, but wakes up to the cold reality of a job cleaning other people's houses and an endless run of bad breaks. Only when Kane Wise, a genetically engineered ex-military hunter, arrives on Earth to track her down, does Jupiter begin to glimpse the fate that has been waiting for her all along. Her genetic signature marks her as next in line for an extraordinary inheritance that could alter the balance of the cosmos. Real quick, awaiting the fate that has has been waiting for you all along is not special to only Jupiter. Correct. That's everybody that's ever lived. That's how it works. That's what fate is. We have no other choice. Okay. Um, I'm going to start this off with a pretty intense statement. I think this is my least favorite movie I have ever watched in my whole life. (laughs) I'm not saying it's the worst movie I have ever watched. I think this is my least favorite movie I have ever watched. More than Cutthroat Island? Can you, can you, more than Cutthroat Island? Can you populate that, that group of movies for us just so we get some other benchmarks? We got Cutthroat Island in there. Cutthroat Island is one of the worst movies I have ever watched. Um, I hate Tokyo Drift a lot. Um, I don't like that movie very much. Um, I've seen some like some random sci-fi channel movies that uh, can hold a candle to this caliber of blockbuster. Here's the thing about this movie. Um, it, it, it's a few things. One, nothing, nothing, nothing makes sense. It is nonsense. It is utter, complete, unadulterated, unpasteurized nonsense from start to finish. There is no cohesion or coherence present in this film. It is not funny. 
It's not fun. I was not entertained by it. And at the end of the movie, it was not one of those, this movie is so bad. I need to show it to everybody I've ever met. You know, those like Cutthroat Island is that for me. It's so bad that it's like, I would happily rewatch Cutthroat Island to laugh at it. Yes. This movie isn't even worth laughing at to me. And it literally, it, it is worth laughing at, but not in a, let's all watch it together. Mystery science theater style laugh at like, no, absolutely not. Th- th- this movie, the worst part of the whole thing is that from top to bottom, it really feels like this movie thought it was doing something like it feels like this movie is like, Oh, we're about to go places. And Here's the thing it though, just didn't all of the best bad movies do that. And by, by saying best bad movie, I'm, I'm getting, this might be a new realm for you guys. I have been fascinated with bad movies for a very long time. I would say this movie is very entertaining because it is so bad. There are there are plenty of popular shows out there that are uh, reality shows, quote marks, you can't see those, um, that are so fun to watch because they're so bad. But even then, I, no, there is I more of a storyline in uh, Real Housewives of New York City than there is in Jupiter Ascending. Right. I, but here's the thing. This is not even close to the worst movie I've seen. It's way up there. This is That's one of the saying. most this is expensive, not the worst, worst movies it's just I've my seen. least favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 I got Th- you. That's what I was saying. This is not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just my least favorite. That's good. Like, I'm, if anything, Cutthroat Island is way worse, but I would watch it again in a heartbeat compared yeah. to this. I think this is what, what is it about this though? That pushes it into that spot because it, it clearly takes itself so seriously, but then Star Wars takes itself very seriously. Correct. And if Star Wars had fallen apart, we would think of Star Wars the same. We would have reacted to Star Wars the same way we reacted to this. So I don't I, think I so. I don't know that Cody, I you're shaking your head. That. Tell me why. I, I think I, that the, the big thing, the nail in the coffin for this movie, for me, really is it's a combination of utter nonsense that like even watching the movie, I don't even really see what they were going for. Like there were fully moments where it's not like, ah, swing and a miss. It was like, what were you swinging at? There was no ball there. And then it's a mixture of that for me. And also like there was nothing for me to grab onto in this movie. Like there wasn't a character that was like, at least he's here. At least he's funny. Oh man. He's really trying like Eddie Redmayne, dude, Oscar winner, Eddie Redmayne, dude. Like, I, I don't know. Let's not talk man. about him yet. Let's not okay, talk about him let's yet. Let's hold yeah, off on him. That's my point. This is why I was shaking my head. I think that what this had going against it that Star Wars did not is so many recognizable names. Star Wars yeah, didn't true. have that. Yeah. And Star Wars got to do it first. So that's what sucks about Jupiter Ascending. Anytime we go to space or try something new, now it's compared to Star Wars. Much like any movie Sean Bean is yeah. in will be compared to the best thing Sean Bean has ever done. At this time, he had already been Boromir and he had been Eddard Stark, right? It's like and right. a million yeah. other good roles. But to have him and Chang Tatum and Mila Kunis and our, our directors that they yeah. came in. That's, that's what's so fascinating to me is they came in and did the matrix in 2000 or no, 1999 right. is when the matrix was made. Yeah. That's the star Wars of that kind of otherworldly action Correct. type movie. So, so was the matrix, was the matrix, the exception to the rule? Are they bad filmmakers who accidentally made a good one? Um, I think yes, is my assertion. I think, I mean, they, I cannot argue that they are bad filmmakers because I have seen Jupiter Ascending. I think 
<laughs> that they had such a short window to really be creative and it work out. Their creativity to me translates uh, pretty spectacularly on screen at the time that the idea came. Like that's why the matrix was good. It came, let's do these things and let's just, I'll tell you what my super pump is. Can you help me pronounce the names of our directors? What's the last name? Wachowski? Wachowski. Wachowski. Yeah. I think because we did this a week Their after brother Monsters, Mike was in the movie we talked about last yes. week. <laughs> That's why it's tough for me. <laughs> so for the Wachowskis, um, my super pump is that very clearly they have a ton of confidence in who they are as filmmakers. Because no matter <laughs> what anyone around them would tell them, they pressed on. And I must tell you, there is a part of me that absolutely respects that. I'm not even kidding. Like, that, Dude, yeah, hey, at least hey, you gave that a shot. My super yeah. pump, my super pump is how earnest the attempt was. Like, like that's I agree with you. My super my super pump, even though it's it's a miss for me, my super pump is like, hey, somebody's gotta go take moonshots out there. So great going. Yep. You know what else stunk about this? I wrote these down because I was fascinated. Everything. I I am uh I think timing the more that we've done things like box office ball and really paying attention to when seasons of a cinematic year are and when things come out. So it stood out to me that this movie had been postponed six months. And I'm thinking 2000, end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And so in my mind, I'm like, so what did they compete against? Because I think what happens in the movie business, especially for those movies that are released in theaters, we start to compare them to things they came out with around the same time. This is why Prestige is considered so much better than The Illusionist. Like this is why, like anytime you have movies that are similar that come out, uh, they're going to be compared to each other. So I tried to find all of those movies during that six month time frame that this movie would have released before, but now is releasing after. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I did this based off of how much, like, did they have a similar budget or were they in some kind of realm of whatever Jupiter Ascending is trying to do? Um, A couple of things, these were not sci-fi movies, but relatively good movies, but um, Sicario came out uh, now. Uh, It it would have normally been just after that, right? But it's, it's a good Oscar conversation type movie. Great director. We had The Martian in October of that year. That Jupiter Ascending would have happened before. So we had another space movie. Uh, We had what's interesting, and we might talk about it later, Pan, which was considered also one of the biggest busts of all time. It showed up on our list a lot. The Hugh Jackman's Pan was in October. Yeah. Mm -hmm. November was Spectre, which was a billion-dollar James Bond movie. December was Star Wars The Force Awakens. So you're telling me a month and a half after The Force Awakens comes out, And minus most opinion, I mean, the general opinion is J.J. Abrams is bringing it back. We were excited. The world was like, here it is. You've put Star Wars within 90 days of something that's trying to be Star Wars. And now we get to watch it after the fact. I think that, I don't know how much millions of dollars, I can't put a monetary value on that, but that lost it a ton of money. And then you had other movies, Oscar, it was a big Oscar year. We had a Hateful Eight and Revenant all came out during December. Which were within yeah. ninety days. No, that's true. Of that movie, all of this is true, and and all of this is bad timing. But I, I I submit that there is not a time this movie could have come out and been successful. Nineteen ninety nine. If it looked exactly okay. like this, sorry, sorry. That's a what I'm saying. The Matrix frame, was. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think something. So th- this is good because I, the look of this. So th- this this movie is full to the brim with CG. I mean, it's everywhere. In my opinion, 
one aspect of it looks pretty good. Which is what? It's it's the flying lizard men. The Soros sapiens, which to be clear, the movie does tell us were the original inhabitants of Earth and they were the dinosaurs. Excellent. Most excellent. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's cool. Because I always knew dinosaurs were a six-limbed creature. Isn't Absolutely. That, it's pretty awesome how how creatively our, the Wachowskis are able to be like, oh, also this is how this happened. I'm just going to go ahead and throw right, out dude, history. This, like, right. this movie gives an entire cosmological account of everything in our reality based around this one family. And I love that so much. I will submit to the court that the idea of this movie and the world building of this movie is okay. It yeah. is, it is fine. It is yeah. perfectly I'll, acceptable. I'll if this that. had been like, if this had been a series of young adult books that I read about Jupiter Jones when I was 12 and I had loved those books when I was in middle school. And then this movie came out in 2015 I think I would defend it a little bit more. Wrong. You're wrong because I have seen the Aragon movie and I know you're wrong because that movie is terrible. No. Sure. But I think I think what I'm saying is if this is an accurate representation of some kind of source material. Oh, okay. If, I hear you. If this is an accurate representation, a condensation of a 500 page novel into a two hour and four minute, a, a, a butt numbing two hour and four minute runtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I would defend this a lot, a lot more. So, so, so here, here's my point with the CGI thing, right? The backgrounds, it's very, uh, prequel series with Star all of its backgrounds yeah. and all that stuff. All of the budget had to be for the most part blown on CG stuff. And clearly where none of it went whatsoever was on costume and character design. Dude, Channing Tatum's character is a flying werewolf, lichen angel soldier. And he's just in a leather tank top and has kind of pointy ears. Yes. Thank you. Inline skater. I'm I it's inexcusable. Hey, 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 more like Apollo. Oh no. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, it is inexcusable that yeah, you're, going to, you're going to yeah. chain together this crazy weird backstory for Channing Tatum's character, and he just looks like pointy-ear Channing Dude, Tatum in the, the weirdest, top. The weirdest thing about Channing Tatum in this movie is that he had to wear a special mouthpiece. Did you read this on IMDb? No. Yes. He spent the whole movie wearing a special mouthpiece that changed the shape of his lower jaw to convincingly portray a part canine character and me with my human eyes that have seen Channing Tatum a million times before did not notice. And apparently <laughs> it was hard for him to talk or close his mouth with this thing. And it's just like, what, why did we do that? Dude, here's what I was so tough. So many things with, why did we do that? <laughs> yes. Here's what was so tough about Kane Wise's character. If you take away the CGI <laughs> and all of the prosthetics and these shoes, which would count the CGI, this is already still an unrealistic human being. To frost, to frosted tip his goatee. <laughs> his to, goatee to, killed me. To wear what he's wearing. He already looks unrealistic without making him unrealistic. Like it Completely. is. He, okay, guys, he is dog the bounty hunter. He is part dog <laughs> and he is hunting his bounty and he's dressed like dog, the bounty hunter. He is the alpha of dog, the bounty don't, hunters. Don't pack. do my boy dog like that. Don't do my boy dog like that. He doesn't deserve that association. <laughs> he's better than that. He's not even my super dump though. I don't think any of us have said super dump yet. Have we? No, no, no way. Okay. No. I haven't super pumped yet. 
and you'll never guess what it is. Dude, I was joking halfway yesterday, but my super pump was legitimately almost that I took a break in the middle of this movie and it was the sweetest <laughs> 45 minutes of my life. I've only taken a break in one movie for the podcast and it was Cutthroat Island. I had to watch it over two days. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, something I want to talk about is um, expository dialogue. Can we talk about that for a little bit? There's no point in really- go- Oh, you mean the whole script of this Thank movie? You. Dude, everybody in this movie is like, Hey, I have to take you to this planet. Oh, you don't know this planet? This is the planet where, and then they tell the entire backstory of the planet, everything that happened. And then literally like there is a scene where it's like, if I marry you, then I will get the inheritance. Yes, you will get the inheritance. I will get the inheritance if I marry you. Yes, you will get the inheritance. Okay, then I will marry you. Yes. Like (laughs) it's- Dude, there's so much of this. And and maybe we're happening upon my, my super dump. My super dump is the script and in particular the editing. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think the ideas themselves are bad. Sure. I think this could be an interesting and really fun and compelling and pulpy and like just intentionally campy sci-fi story. Right. You know what I thought if of? If this was like a season of prestige television. You know what I mean? Like sure. if this was a show, yeah. if this came out over 12 episodes on HBO and we had, uh, or Amazon Prime or something yeah. like that, and we had 12 hours with this story- I think I would love it. And I think I would tell everybody, you have to watch this because it is the pulpiest, like cheesiest in a good way thing on TV right Right. now. What I was like, when I separate the, the parts or the ingredients of what this movie reminds me of, we've already spoke on two of them. One was the matrix just because of the Wachowskis and their history of movie making. And, and what makes this also a flop to me is because it is just so juxtaposing. And then we also have a new hope. Yeah which is like, I'm trying to think of what is something that was introduced to the world and had completely different world building. But then I'm glad you brought up quirky or whatever you had said with that doge. That's just trying to be, because there sometimes these things work. And to me, one of my favorite films of all time is Fifth Element. And it's just because it's a lot right. of fun. Uh, but, and the Fifth Element is introducing a bunch of worlds we've never heard of. We've got a massive spaceship that's a cruise ship that we stay on for a long time. We've got a diva that yeah. sings. And it feels and pulpy. Yeah, it feels pulpy. That's it, what it feels was. pulpy. pulpy. In a, like a like a 1950s ray gun sci-fi Correct. adventure. Didn't you know need I mean? to have another movie. We knew it from the start. It was supposed to be a standalone yeah. story. Um, and yeah, this was not that. And I wonder if that's what they were trying to do. Because this is written by the Wachowskis. I don't think the Wachowskis have really adapted anything except for uh, Speed Racer. And even then they wrote that script. I don't think they wrote The Matrix. I do not think they wrote The Matrix. I think they just directed it. I'm pretty sure they did. Let's see what IMDb has to say. And while while we're seeing what IMDb has to say, I I think I ultimately I do think I agree with what, what you guys are saying about like concept and all that stuff. And, and I think more pulp could have been there. And I, the Wachowskis did write the did they really? according to IMDb. Okay. Yes. But it is IMDb and they do lie to us to make us look silly on our That's show. True. So who knows? They're out to get us. The, the thing, the thing that it visually reminded me of the most is like an off brand guardians of the galaxy. So many of the like things that were happening on the planets in the background and like the quote unquote alien races were very guardians of the galaxy to me. Well, there's a, a lot of it too, that I was thinking the same thing, but guardians came out in 2014. Right. And this, this came out spring 2016, but was originally slated for a, a 2015 release. Right. Yeah. Right. Like a uh, late August, or early September. So there's no way guardians could have been the inspiration they drew from. Cause they were in production at the same time. Like by the time we see guardians and see what the team over at Marvel have cooked up, we're already deep into the production process for this movie. And most of the CG is at least partially done. Even I mean, well before that, when Thor decides to travel to other planets just for a fraction of a second. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah. those concepts. And again, those are a little bit more of, of uh, source material, but. Well, and that's the thing, like those, those guardians environments and the things in Thor are purposefully very pulpy Jack Kirby right. type of looking stuff. Right. And so I think that's what we're going for here is that, that mid-century sci-fi story. Yeah. No, I, and, yep. and, I, and, and boy, do we just miss it? That's what I'm saying. Like it, it just really feels like there, there are some huge swings and some huge misses, but there's also just some huge swings at balls that aren't there. Um, things like her name doesn't have to be Jupiter that never came back. No. Like there's no purpose there. Hey, what was the point of her dad loving space? Was it know. just that he loved space? I don't know. It doesn't make any like sense. I thought that was going to tie in. Like I thought her dad was going to be somebody that ran away from their society Same. and chose to live a normal life on earth. So she yeah. is just a reincarnation hey, of people's Lily, Yeah. Lily and Lana, if you're listening, feel free to adapt that whenever you redo Jupiter ascending. Cause you beefed it so bad the first time. Yeah. That's, that's free. That's free for you to take Wachowski's. You're welcome to have that one. It's just, it's like, it feels irresponsible. Like it, <laughs> it just, it feels like, they who, who let you do this? Well, uh, yeah, who, I can't remember who the, the company is, the movie company, the production company that let them do this. It's Warners. But this is, let's talk a little bit. I'd love to spend time on each of these episodes, literally as to why they're busts. So a lot of the times in, we chose for big, big money busts, right? So to put this into context, this movie lost so much money. It had a $160 million budget. In the U.S., it made less than $40 million. Oh, um, gosh. Uh, worldwide, wow. uh, with the Wachowskis, they had one-fourth of the budget for The Matrix of what they had for Jupiter Ascending, and yet The Matrix made, at the end, three times more than what Jupiter Ascending made worldwide. Oh, my gosh. That's so bad. There's almost 20 years between that. So it is, they are just not meeting any standard, I think, ultimately. Like there's just not hardly no, any hits I feel here. Like th- they've been trying to recapture that Matrix heat for a long time. And that's why they're just going to make another Matrix back movie. to the Matrix. Yeah. They're just going to make another Matrix. So let's, let's talk about this though. Let's talk about, so a lot of what happens in the box office, I would imagine there's probably sort of two phases. There's the, in, the initial interest phase and then probably the word of mouth phase, right? I, I would guess that yeah. what you're going to get yeah. is a lot of great trailer, um, either a super original concept that immediately grabs attention or something that's an existing IP that's going to get fans in the door in the first place. And then I would imagine you have a second wave, second or third even, depending on how big it is, of people going because someone they know saw it and was like, you have to go see this movie. So that word of mouth uh, wave was particularly strong with Blade Runner 2049. Correct. Didn't have a strong initial turnout, but word of mouth kept that movie, kind of propped it up and kept it going and earning for weeks longer than it should have been in theaters. Correct. And, and I think that what we see here, and I think we'll probably see this with a lot of huge flops, is that both ingredients for both waves are missing. Oh, yeah. I remember the, the trailers. The trailers were awful. The trailers were terrible. I remember the trailers because it's it's the opposite of what happened to me with Kingsman, the secret service. The trailers for Kingsman to me looked like a bad young adult novel adaptation. Then I had a friend yeah. say, you have to watch this movie, watched it. And it was amazing. And then I told people to go watch it. This movie, yeah. the trailer was terrible. It didn't look interesting. And then I would imagine that anybody they got through the door for that first wave left going, Hey, save your money. Yeah. I, I mean, we did hear from a, a a listener who wrote in at the top of this episode that said it is a must own for every collector's edition DVD set. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm so glad you bring up the word of mouth because something that I think of that I don't know if we'll see again, um, that was like uh, Disney was not 
set on Frozen, right? Like they just release right. it. I, I don't think there's ever been as influence of a word of mouth as that. It became a billion dollar movie and it's because of what people were saying about it. And that happens all the time. It just hadn't happened to that scale. Yeah. And this feels like the exact opposite. But this is why John Carter was such a bust too. It's because it, there was so much at the beginning and then the word of mouth came through and and then it is. It is so interesting to see the massive influence of the consumer in general, but totally. in the movie business, it's pretty devastating. Yeah, it can it can be brutal. And speaking of word of mouth and waves, grab your surfboards, hang 10. We're going to ride this particular wave all the way to Shout Announcements. Welcome to Shout Announcements. Normally, this is the part of the show where I scream straight into your ear holes and make a weird noise. But the movie we're talking about is so atrocious. I figured today I would spare you. Hello. I like this energy. This is <laughs> this is such a calming and peaceful place. You know what's not calm I, or peaceful? Patreon. It's where all the coolest stuff lives. Things like special episodes. Special episodes that involve games. Special parts of our website. And fun, interactive moments. Now, here's the thing. Define a fun, interactive moment real quick. I want to make sure that I've got a handle on what we're offering. <laughs> it was a people. very big umbrella that really meant you get to vote twice in polls. And I was trying to make it sound mysterious. Mm. But okay. you do get to do Ooh, that. anymore. Now, I thought it sounded like you were developing a game to play based on our podcast. <laughs> and I would love to, I would love to test it's that one It's a tabletop game. Don't spoil it. Now, <laughs> you're probably saying to yourself, there's no way I can just have all that stuff. You're right. It's only for patrons. It's a secret society that only patrons get access to. Now, it's very much like the Freemasons. It's pretty much You're the exactly Freemasons right. or Skull and Bones or, you know, something like that. But here's the thing. Unlike those other ones, you don't have to cut your ring finger off and put a knife on your wrist and assassinate political figures like Assassin's Creed. For us, <laughs> oh all God. you have to do is pay one, two, three dollars a month and you get to join the family. And that's the Chunks Creed. That's the Chunks Creed. That's the Chunks Creed. That's the Chunks Creed. You don't, and, and there's no diving oh into hay. There's no uh, sneaking. That's all I got. That's all we got. That's um, all we got. If you want to hide in the crowd. Nice. Much like uh, you can with a, a, a gaggle of priests, which thank goodness there's so many in, in ancient Rome uh, <laughs> for that game. Um you can just be another person on social media and that's fine. You can follow all those normal people that you follow. But if you want to separate yourself, Bill Clinton, if, uh, if you want to make your, Miley Cyrus. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, obviously Vin Diesel, <laughs> um, you can start following two. Vin Diesel is a must follow. He actually Vin, is. I mean, y'all, yeah, especially follow for us. But Vin Diesel is a must follow. Yeah. I'm going to do, to do a impromptu shout out to creative Wednesdays with Vin Diesel on Instagram. Um, he's probably the most creative human being uh, I've, uh, I've ever it's seen. It's because he, he, he created a way to turn into a human because he was born a turtle for sure. And you can't convince me otherwise. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Also follow Vin Diesel on anything. Doge to you. Follow Vin Diesel in real life. Just around. I want to see what he does. Speaking of what he does, uh, what we want you to do is similar to what Vin Diesel does, and that is spread love and happiness and cheer and warmth. And you can do that for us 
by subscribing to our podcast on the iTunes store, on the Google Play store, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Uh, You can also subscribe by mail and we will mail you individual episodes of the podcast to your mailbox. And whatever way that you consume our show, if you can leave us a review there, we would love it if you did that. Those reviews are super helpful for us uh, to get the show into new ears and bring new people into our family and adopt them and become their dads too. What's happening next week, Doge? Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we're still flopping around and still continuing our series called Block Busted. And we're going to be, we're going to be reviewing a movie that I don't know what it's about, but I have seen one trailer and one poster. Same. (laughs) And it is called Monster Trucks. And I'm pretty sure the plot is that there is a monster who lives in a truck. And we'll be watching it and we'll be talking about it. And as with all of these blockbusted movies, we would super love it if you would watch with us. Please. Um, you know, there's there's sometimes those occasions in your life when it feels like time is moving by too fast. And if you don't slow down once in a while, you're going to miss mm-hmm. it a la Ferris. And these movies that are quite short but feel very long is a great way to slow down time. Mm-hmm. So we would love it if you do that with us. Yes. Speaking of the uh, inevitable crawl of time marching forward endlessly, um, if you guys wouldn't mind, I would really love it if you would join us um, back for the show. And we're back um, to the show. Hey, I have a question for you guys. I have an answer, maybe. Um, Great. I'd I'd actually love an answer to this question. It's pretty pressing. Um, And it is, (laughs) is there a part of you that wants to bite me? Let's talk about the love story in this movie. It's the worst. Dude, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's terrible. Have there ever been two people with less chemistry (laughs) than Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum? I mean, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, not great chemistry. I mean, Robbie Patz and Kristen Stewart, not great chemistry. But this is like not... This is not even chemistry. This is like earth science and (laughs) environmental science. This They're is learning like, about sedimentary they, rock instead of chemistry. They accidentally right. turned in their history paper to their chemistry teacher. <laughs> this is as baffling to me as the couple that has only known themselves for 48 hours on Bachelor in Paradise and are talking about love. Right. Yes. As baffling, maybe even more baffling. What is the tension? There I would actually be l- love it if all of their lines in this movie were just... I think we're probably one of the strongest couples here. Yeah. And that's all they said to each and other. Then, I would really and then love the occasional, that cut of like, this movie. I'm here for the right reasons. Yeah. Now, my super dump. Can I go there? Please I'm do that. I'd love that. Mila Kunis, uh, as as a whole, is my super dump. Yeah. I think I get that. She is void of emotion. Yep. Yeah. Like part of the reason that takes me. She sounds out like she's reading story, cue cards. There's a yes. There's a lot that takes me out of this narrative. But the fact that she is not appalled by anything, Dude. y'all, she took a picture of aliens, invisible aliens. And yes, we're supposed to say like, oh, well, she didn't tell anybody about it because she forgot about it. Well, why don't you tell them right. when you look at your phone and you got a random picture of aliens picking up one of your friends. It's like her reaction to that is not even one of fear, though. She just goes, huh, better take a picture of that. That's right. weird. The heck? And then she goes and she still goes to try and donate her eggs. Like, you'd think she would have been like, oh, I'm actually going to go do something about this before I do this. And instead, she's just like, oh, it's my appointment time. I'll worry about the alien picture later. Um, 
Yeah, dude. I, I normally like Mila Kunis. Um, I guess mostly I've never seen her in a dramatic role. Mostly I see her in comedies exactly. and rom coms and stuff. She she is she's in Black Swan, but in even movie. then, she is well she is very well cast for Black Swan. Right, because she's trying to pay somebody who's kind of dark and mysterious. Right, I mean, there's not Speaking hardly anybody Black better. Swan, did you see Natalie Portman was originally cast for this and then was like, yes, actually no. Dude, right. did you see the thing? Uh, Callie told me about this. Somebody asked, uh, Channing Tatum did a Reddit AMA and somebody asked him, um, yes. hey, what what was Jupiter Ascending about? And Channing Tatum's response was, let me know if you ever find out. <laughs> that is yeah. bananas. <laughs> Completely wild. Chan but she, dude, the world that she is transported into is literally falling around her. And we, do, I don't think she's scared. She is flying on the back of her lover through Chicago, being chased by spaceships. And I don't think she's affected at all. Dude, there, there is so much to unpack here. And I want to move as fast as we can, but I want to make sure we sit on this topic of Mila Kunis just for a couple more seconds, because I completely agree. She's not my super dump, but she almost was. And I could say that for so she's many so facets of this, this movie, but- it, I mean, it's just truly unbelievable the number of times in this movie where in the middle of some expository dialogue, of course, she is told something that is absolutely off the rails, bananas wild. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt for sure. All right. She I'm, does this. She's like, she's like, hmm. Like right. She's barely like, oh, really? <laughs> Dude, huh. hmm. You know what? Okay. I never need. Ever. Wait, he's working somewhere else. I didn't know he got a new job. Like that's my re- normal reaction to something yes. like right. that. Not to you are my mom. Let's get married. It, that reaction. I'm like, huh? Chewies is out of jalapeno ranch. Huh, that's <laughs> right. weird. Oh, I mean, that you don't see that every day. Right. I have <laughs> never once watched a movie where somebody was like sick hover boots. And I've like crossed my fingers and been like, man, I hope they explain the nonsense science behind why these hover boots work. <laughs> but there's so much of that in this movie, right? Like, like, Oh, you're probably wondering about these. They use the exponential downforce draft shift ex- exponent equation to push down upon right. the gravity's gravitational pull. They're to trying make sure that to I, dude, you're wearing cool. It's skates. a poor attempt at world building. It's a poor right. attempt at world building. Uh, there is yeah. hardly any time, uh, th- of our own recollection. We can, st- we have, we know the feelings we felt the first time we saw a new hope, but we don't ever really know, not knowing what's going on. But right. that happened, right? There was a time when they just started saying a bunch of stuff that nobody knew what they were talking about. Midichlorians show up several years later. Right. And people have an issue with that. But even then it's like, well, that's world building. But like you, yeah. they, they had failed attempts at it. Dude. Okay. So in the vein of world building, the technology, like the future tech, the alien tech in this movie is my least favorite yeah. kind of like vision of future tech. Um, How so? I hate when the like visual language for this is super high tech is, Hey, you kind of steer it by just holding these floating joysticks that are in like, it's like they couldn't think of a cool cockpit for this space thing. So it's like stick your hands in the jelly and steer it's, it's in guardians too the way that they fly that ship by like putting their hand in the jelly or like these joysticks. It's so clear that it's just Channing Tatum sitting with his arms out moving because they're not attached to anything. And so it's just like, Yeah. yeah, it's just a bad excuse for not wanting to put in the effort to make something cool. Like all the ships are just the same color. Like the action sequences are so hard to keep up with. It reminded me of transformers. 100%. In that way. Just like it is, it is a million clicking and whirring moving mechanical right. parts. And it's like, that is interesting to some people. It I is guess. the same school of thought that 
that leads to all of the transformers having 10,000 gears that turn as they transform. Exactly. It's just like more complicated well, and maybe that's better. That's the thing. Like the, the tech and the world building seems too grounded for me because there's the element of like, like genetically, even if she has the exact same genes as these people's 90,000 year old mother, right. they're going to manifest differently if she has a different diet than the mother right. did. Like there are so many factors beyond just the sequence of her genome that says who she is as a person, she would absolutely not have the same nonverbal language. Right. Uh, but we don't need that stuff. Like if she's the reincarnation of her mother, then they say, well, we found a way to throw people's souls across the galaxy. Like it doesn't have to be grounded, like make it fanciful and pulpy and weird. Right. That's, and that's, that's already basically there. And it, so I hear what you're saying. Cause I don't want to hold against a movie like, Oh, the reincarnation of this person wouldn't be the exact, like that is too minuscule to hold no. against until you bring it into play. And if you're exactly. going to set it down on the table and say, we solved it, then I'm going to look at it and go, no, you didn't though. Is the no, thing. you didn't. Yeah. Um, speaking of, but there's so much of that. Like all we need his, his boots to be like, yeah, it's anti anti-grav tech developed four millennia ago. Done. It's like, that's fine. awesome. Great. That's nobody great. tells me, nobody tells me why the, the speeders in star Wars are up off the ground a little Correct. bit. Right. And don't I don't to want to know. I don't care. No. Right. It's overexplained big time. Um, speaking of overexplained, bees. Did you guys know that bees are genetically what? predisposed to sense what? royalty? What? <laughs> you got your volume did not change at all. You were eight feet from your microphone. That is the most You're hearing me through my headphones. Line. It's not through my microphone. Oh, that's true. Dude, the bees. Why is that even there? Also, the guy who raises bees, his name is Stinger. Um, did his daughter die? What happened she to her? Dies. Why did she cough she's and just walk like, off screen and then we never the saw store. her again? <laughs> the bees, I would put money on. I'm not a betting man. Uh, special Patreon uh, members will get to see the recording of our Zoom to find out if I'm a betting man or not. Um, That's, that's not, not true. true. That's not true at all. I don't want to give like, like they're excited. They're going to be bummed. They don't find out if I'm a betting man. Um, <laughs> guys, this 100% feels like something from the Hobbit. Yeah. A cabin w surrounded by bees. Right. Like this is it's like, Bjorn, it's, it's Bjorn the bear. That's man. what they did. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to rip something from something else, <clears throat> don't make it so specific. Like don't make it such a one-time thing. Like that's so With weird. an actor from that franchise. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's him. Dude, and speaking Did of- Did you do that though? Speaking of Sean Bond, you finish your thought, Carter. I'm interested. Here's what seems to be a recurring issue with the Wachowskis, which it is a, it is a make or break for them. I think they visualize something before they write around it. I think okay. in this case, I, I think in The Matrix, this is, again, this is all me just trying to, to give them some grace. Perhaps they said, what if- uh, somebody could dodge like limbo under a bullet. How cool would that be? Awesome. Let's build that scene and then find some way to write that into the narrative. Easy. Someone's being chased. They have to dodge a bullet. Let's make it our Christ character. Then they think of something like in Jupiter Ascending, what if like all of these thousands of bees were reacting to the movements of our main character? Like what if right. we could just put our hands up and the bees are just doing what she's doing? And like at that point for that fraction of a second, that's a kind of cool idea, but it's completely random and there's no reason for it to be there. Like yeah, I it thought it was going to so come back. Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. These are genetically programmed to recognize royalty is one of the dumbest lines I've ever heard in a movie. Yeah. I, I don't, 
I really thought it was going to be significant. Like, are she they saying win that they invented it? bees? <laughs> Maybe. Did they invent bees or like, here's some of these guys for y'all. You're going to love, you're going to love the stuff they'll poop out for your biscuits. This is all, it's going to be great. This is all funny. <laughs> Sean Bean, Sean Bond, Scene Bean, he betrays everybody and then just, it doesn't matter. And then doesn't. He betrays them and then unbetrays them. Yes. Yep. Okay. Just making sure we were on the same page about that. Yeah, very much, very much, very much. They said, you know, what if somehow he was that one character, that Boromir guy and the villain from the Bond movie he was in? Let's just try it. Let's right. just give it a shot. <laughs> hey, also, yeah. at, at two separate points separated by about 45 seconds, Mila Kunis, uh, Jupiter Jones, which is, is Jupiter Jones says out loud, I hate my life and rolls her eyes twice. Like it's a teenage, uh-huh. like a Disney Channel original movie. Um, I'm telling you, you've got to go full pulp with this and it's, and it becomes awesome. Like it is, I, I feel like it's barely, it's like a couple of shades away in the script from being something that I would really enjoy. That's fair. I have an example of a, a single actor that made a movie watchable because of a decision that they made themselves. So Mila Kunis, what she should have done is recognize the script and said, you know what? I'm just going all, I'm going ham. I'm just going to do it. Let's see what comes from here. Have y'all seen uh, Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood? Yeah. Yep. In that movie, did you know that, um, oh my goodness. Oh, Rickman, Alan Rickman. He, he yeah. didn't want to keep being villains, but they cast him as that and they paid him a lot of money. And he said, you're only going to get me on this, if you let me have complete creative freedom with this character. And they said, fine. And he is 100% the best part of that movie. Oh, absolutely. Because right. he is the most cartoony, ridiculous bad guy. He Prince of Thieves is not really meant to be a comedy, but it can be argued that it is right. because of the best oh, yeah. thing about it. That's what should have happened. Great not that Mila too. Kunis could have the weight of that. There's a lot different stakes here. But like, oh my goodness gracious, they should. I tried to think of like, would I have enjoyed this movie more if Jupiter Jones was Kristen Wiig? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> like, it's so, just. Can, can we talk a little bit about an actor who I am confident believed he was doing exactly what you're saying Alan Rickman <laughs> yeah, did? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, Eddie. Eddie the Redman Redmayne is my super pump for this He's movie. He's your super pump? Yeah, Eddie Redmayne is my super dump for this movie. It is this This single so perfect. The single most bizarrely inspired acting choice. Don't use good words. I have ever seen. It's not good. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. My my the reason it's my super pump is because of what he believed he was doing for this movie. And Jess looked at me. (laughs) We paused this movie at one point, and Jess looked at me and was like, it's like he watched Harry Potter and was like. Yep, I got it. I know how to be a villain. No, Voldemort. Dude, yeah. It's like he's just doing Voldemort. He's doing Voldemort if Voldemort and Commodus had a baby. He is he That's what Jess dude, said. She was like, he watched Harry Potter and Gladiator. He, and then she he was like, He thinks yep. he's being Joaquin Phoenix. It's unbelievable. And I, I was the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, please give me more Eddie. Oh, I want more Eddie. I want nothing more than more Eddie it, yes. it is. Yes. Oh my goodness. It is the worst job. It is the widest gulf between the job done and the actor's potential that I've ever seen in a movie. I can't disagree with that. I I'm going to use the power of multimedia and see if you guys can hear why I loved him so much. I <laughs> It just sounded like an, an electronic explosion. It's not going to work. I, I think 
Same. It came through on the waveform. That's my boy Eddie screaming go for no reason. I think just just screaming it. I just think it's perfect that because how I was going to describe him was polarizing. Like this performance is equally the worst and best thing about this movie. It is just it is the single most but in a movie that can only be described as bizarre. Somehow, Eddie Redmayne, the way he talks, is the most bizarre part of this movie about a space werewolf <laughs> with anti-gravity ice skates. <laughs> I had to, we had to watch it with captions because of him. Yes. Dude, I don't know no, what no, he's no, no, saying. No, hold on. Not just because of him. This movie has some of the worst sound mixing I have ever heard. That's true. Yeah, That's it's true. not good. I was riding my volume yeah. fader up and down the whole time we were watching this. Eddie Redmayne <laughs> he was is... so bad. Eddie Redmayne, and I think that's what it is. It's not even that he is worse than anything else in the movie. It is that the gap between how good he is and how bad he did is so wide. That's what I, and that's part of what I texted you guys in Slack last night while we were all watching is he, he's in a different movie. For real. It's not even the same movie. I don't know what, I don't know what movie he's in while the cameras are pointed at him. And I don't know what script he has read to prepare for those scenes, but he is in a completely different movie than the but rest dude, of this cast. Dude, here's the thing. Did you know he's not scary? No. None of the villains in this movie are scary. There is never any point in this whole movie where I even understood the consequences of failure enough to be afraid of the threat of failure. Like, okay, if they fail, they're going to harvest Earth. But so far, it doesn't really seem like they're even that hard to stop or kill for any reason. So like... We'll just go ahead and stop him, I guess. Like, at no- it was it was a space opera with more politics than the Star Wars prequels. They're like they're just playing the political game, trying to get power over. You know, it's like right. It felt like it was supposed to be I a scathing know, review of capitalism, but it ended up just being boring. <laughs> uh, one more thing about Eddie Redmayne talking about how all over the place that was and how strange it was to see him in that setting. I mean, that February. So this movie was released on the sixth of February. Very likely. Uh, the Oscars would be one to three weeks after that, in which he would be nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role for The Danish Girl. For Theory of Everything. This all happened yeah, no, in oh, the Theory of Everything was yeah, after he won this. that. Yeah, right. he won that. But this, yeah, was in the same year that he had a pretty brilliant performance. So it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What on earth? Um, we haven't even, we're, we're running out of time here and we haven't even touched on that super duper funny and necessary DMV supercut that went on for about three minutes. Dude, what on earth? What was a that? Different movie. That also is from a, a different, different movie. movie. That felt like a Monty Python sketch. Yes. Space DMV takes a long time, LOL. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, should we kiss now? Cause the DMV got me all revved up and ready for some Wii sports. Is Kane Wise supposed to sound like Canine? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, th- I thought you probably, were going to ask yeah. if he was supposed to be hot in this movie. Is he? I don't know. I don't think anybody don't found that. I don't, I don't know. I can't but make assumptions why, here. And why do you use Channing Tatum if you don't at least a little bit want your main character to be attractive? Hey, hold up, though. Why do you use Channing Tatum? I love, I love the Tatum tot as much as the next guy in line, but... He is so wrong for 100%. this kind of role. You know who's great for this role? Vin Diesel. Yep. Yes. Yes, yep. please. I would have loved it if it was Vin. But then it's just pitch black. I wouldn't have. I would not have loved it if it was right. Vin. Right. I'm just saying make this another movie, basically. Right. They should have made more moves to make this not what it was. <laughs> um, we don't even really have time to touch on the wedding that was like, I'll marry her, then kill her to get the inherit the earth for myself. Um, 
Hey, did they invent weddings too? Did they come down to earth? Like after they seeded it with human life, did they come back after we, after society had evolved a little bit and be like, by the way, here's how you do a traditional Western style wedding. Yes. And she's going to have to walk down this aisle in a white dress. Yes, they did. And the aliens, the keepers or the seekers or whatever they're called were, were the worst, just the worst. We talking about the 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 greys, yeah. basically. That I think we're supposed to understand those are what people see when they get no, abducted. They're the totally greys. Totally agree with you, but they just weren't even interesting to look at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, that's crazy because I'm such a sucker for any science fiction story that incorporates that particular aspect me of too. alien UFOlogy. Me too. And it was somehow <clears throat> uninteresting to me here. It was such a swing and a miss. This is the only greys I don't like. It's just, I don't know, man. The the whole thing, and it, and it ends. <laughs> It ends the way that 10 things I hate about you ends. It's like, it's like, let's go up to the roof and we'll zoom out as you like laugh on the roof. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> what hey, did how people, bad did his wings look? Oh my gosh. Oh. Why did they give him wings? That's what they I was didn't about come to say. play ever. Nope. I thought that was going to be like his final assault on the, the facility in the eye of the hurricane in Jupiter, which by the way, yeah. we should have seen with any of our NASA missions. But anyway, <laughs> I thought his assault was going to be like, I can't make this in. It needs to be smaller than a manned fighter. It needs to be me with my, my wings good back, wings back right. again. Yeah. So bad. But I guess that's expecting something resembling a narrative arc for any character or aspect of this movie. And apparently that's too much to ask from our good friends, Lily and Lana Wachowski. Dude, it's just so weird because I hated this. I hated my experience watching this. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I hate that I now have to live with the fact that I have seen this. Um, Not only did you see it, you've recorded an hour long well, podcast. That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> the worst part is that movies that we hate this bad always end up making such a great episode. Cause I feel like we are finishing and didn't even touch half of what I wanted to talk about. You know what I do want to just bring to y'all's attention really Please. quick? I did an IMDB dive while Jordan was taking an IMDTT break. <laughs> and the Wachowskis wrote the screenplay for V for Vendetta. I'm pretty sure it's based off of a graphic novel. It is, but they adapted They adapted the graphic novel. They wrote that screenplay. That's interesting. Isn't that did weird? Did they direct that? Crazy. They did not direct it. I really like that movie. <laughs> I do too. Isn't that weird though that they wrote that? That is weird. Bizarre. Interesting. And now you guys have just reacted the same way Mila Kunis reacted to anything strange <laughs> that happened to her in this whole movie. That's true. Bizarre. You're, a, you're an inline skater who's also a space werewolf. Bizarre. Bizarre. So, uh, oh, wait. Uh, my favorite line. We have to say it. I'm trying to catch all these things right before we have to finish this episode. Uh, my favorite line is, this is the penultimate, uh, I'm killing the main bad guy, I think, to say... I'm not your bleep mom. I'm not your dang mom. That was the line <laughs> when she knocks him to his peril. I'm not your dang mom. Huh? Dude, hold on. When we're talking about favorite lines of the movie, you just reminded me. I can't believe I almost forgot this. At one point in this movie, somebody says, you must be Jupiter. And she responds with, call me Jupe. And yes. nobody does. Nobody yes. up to that point had ever called her jupe. And nobody from That's that point right. on ever calls her jupe. <laughs> but for some reason, call in, that, me. in that moment, she says, call me jupe. jupe. It feels like they wrote every scene one at a time and then took like a week off after writing the scene. They were like, yeah, we'll write that. And then they came back to write the next scene and forgot what they wrote before. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were, were going to say it feels oh. like they wrote every scene on its own piece of paper and then tripped and fell and scattered all of them and just stuck them back together and <laughs> handed them to everybody. 
Oh, the hope man. we do have, though, is despite how bad this movie is, I do hear that there are a lot of A-listers out there fighting for everyone to see Zack Snyder's director's cut of Jupiter Ascending. No. Uh, which <laughs> they claim is much better. No, 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 no. All the stuff it you totally hate, exists. it fixes. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, th- you know how studios usually... Uh, Instead of making money, they hold on to the better version of the thing that's somewhere locked away in secret. You know how that happens? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's probably what's happening mm-hmm. here, too. Anyway. Probably. Speaking of science, nobody said it, but I did. The scientific cinema scale is the way we rate movies over here at Two Chunks. It's perfect. Can you can you detail, explain the science behind all of this, so that it loses all of its magic and I become really bogged down in our podcast world building? Uh, for the Patreon feed, I can do that. Um, so the scientific cinema scale is perfect and it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own hey, it, we don't, don't that end it, buy that poster. Dozer didn't even say it. After that, it's buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. Then it's forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken, forsaken us. us. I'm going to go first. Uh, this movie is a God hath forsaken us for Jordan. Um, it it is It is the perfect bullseye of truly, truly bad, like really a bad movie. Um, but not worth like if I if I had three hours on a Friday night to invite friends over, make a charcuterie board, and laugh at a bad movie, wouldn't even make this wouldn't even make the list. God has forsaken us. Usually, one of you two probably ranks the movie when I'm done. Oh yeah, like we'll keep all that silence in. I think I'm having a hard time, and I didn't think I would, but like I, there is part of me that does want people to see this, but it doesn't really make the category of like that bad, bad movie, like, like a cutthroat Island. It's not a cutthroat Island to me. It is a worse, bad movie. I'm just going to say, forget it. I think it's okay. If this never existed. Um, there's a couple people in here that I love in this movie and just for their own personal sake, I'd like for them to not wake up in the middle of the night, remembering they did this. (laughs) Dude, um, Eddie Redmayne has to brush his teeth in the morning, look himself in the mirror, and know that he played the villain in Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, it's a forget it for me. <laughs> for this one, Jupiter Ascending, 2015's breakout science fiction hit, <laughs> we have been forsook yeah. so terribly. Yeah. I'd, I honestly don't even know what to say about it. It is it defies description in the scope and breadth of its terribleness. <laughs> like I, I, there are not words to explain how bad this movie is. We tried. We certainly tried for about an hour. It's a funny thing to say now at the end of talking about it for an hour. <laughs> if I had started with that, I think we all could have saved a lot of time. Yeah. Hey, there's no point. There's no point. Let's just move on. No. But even, but with a God has forsaken recommendation, is there anyone in your life that you would recommend see this movie? Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, everybody who has has listened to this episode and not watched it. Yep. It, I don't know because it's that weird thing of like it does. It is not a stream it quality movie, right? But at the right. same time, I really want people to stream it so they so they can understand what lies beyond the walls of our explanation of this movie. Yep. Yeah, I th- there are things that cannot be put into words, and one of those things is Jupiter Ascending, so you have to watch it to understand what it is. I, I think this falls into the category of, it's got for me, it's definitely God has forsaken us. It is worth a watch, even a brief skim, just so you can truly, un- like, when you get a paper cut and you know it's not healed yet, but you just want to look at it real quick, so you unwrap the Band-Aid to see where the progress is at, it's like that. Yep. So, that's my... Yep. 
That's my final answer. I have one. I have a paper cut. I was just showing it I to did, you guys. I on did this notice chat. that. I saw him. I didn't notice that. <clears throat> Don't forget next week, we've got the second installment of the Blockbusted series. We're going to be talking about monster trucks and guys, it can only go up from here. So I'm pretty excited about this uh, one. I don't know that it can. It can only go up from here. I predict, my prediction is that this movie is off the walls bananas to the point of being a total blast at how dumb it is based on the trailer alone. I hope so. I really hope so. If you have not seen Monster Trucks, first of all, great taste. (laughs) Second of all, please watch it so that you can suffer with us and we're not suffering in vain. Too true. Too right. Please do that. Uh, don't forget to, uh, smash that subscribe button, check out the feed. You know how it goes. Hey, listen, to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what animal we would like to be spliced with if we were in the Jupiter Ascending universe. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I would like to be spliced with whatever that one dude with the long nose in the cockpit was spliced with. Probably an elephant boy. I would like to be that, please. Wait a second. Were all of the people on there spliced with different animal DNA? I think so. Yes. Yes. That's what it felt was like. Stinger, yes. Was Stinger spliced with bees? Does he have a Stinger on his butt? Is his butt sharp and pokey? Yes. I'm going with yes because they didn't show me any reason to believe otherwise. Also, we forgot to talk about I that need, one dude's hair that was like plastic. Anyway. Yeah. I need a cut of this movie that is that has 100% more Sean Bond butt chalks so that we can see his Stinger. <laughs> I'm Doge, and I am choosing to be spliced with a seahorse. <laughs> and that is, there are two reasons. First, breathe underwater. Very nice. cool. Second, pouch. Male seahorses have pouches. Female kangaroos have pouches. That's why I didn't say kangaroo, because I'm a boy human. Male seahorses have pouches. And if I had a skin pouch on my tummy that I could put stuff in, I wouldn't need to carry a bag to work. I have this hypothesis, and it starts with me splicing myself, me first saying my name, Carter. I'm Carter. And my hypothesis begins with uh, telling the Wachowskis that I would like to be spliced with a turtle. And then after that, I'm not going to have any influence. I am not trying to uh, direct the research. I'm going to let it happen on its own. I want to be in the creative room when they're making this character. And how they keep throwing away the papers and then finally decide, you know what? We're just going to have to deal with it. This happens to look exactly like Vin Diesel. And, and thus proving our theory all along that he is just basically a turtle. You know, what, you know what movie Turtle Vin Diesel stars in? The Slow and the Surly. Well, that's our show. It's like Fast and Furious, but this time it's slow because he's a turtle. The Slow and the Surly. The slow and the surly uh, present <laughs> turtle shell drift. Somewhere in there, I'm sure the theme music slow took over. And and, uh, slow and surly. I can feel it coming in right now. It's like a slurly. It's like surly eight. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. 
It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.